0: Happy New Year, everyone. This is Bunnell with the J6 Insurrection Podcast. It is January 4th, 2024, noon on Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C. And I don't know how long this session is going to be, so hear me out. But I think that a lot of important things are happening at the same time, like they have been for the past three years, uh, since this nightmare began. Uh, And the nightmare I am um, mentioning is the insurrection um, or rebellion that um, Trump is trying to defend. And the reason that I'm jumping right into that phrase, insurrection or rebellion is because Trump's defense is and trying to convince the American people as well as the Supreme Court and everyone else under the sun that will listen to his propaganda is that he uh, did not um, initiate an insurrection because of his disclaimer in his riot speech insurrection speech that he suppo- supposedly had told the crowd that they should be peaceful. Well, um, you know, like everything that Trump does, he is a calculated, um, liar, uh, first and foremost, but he's also a, um, an idiot. And that's the unfortunate part here is that him and his MAGA cult party is really uh, unfortunately dumbing down our our democratic process and and I mean you yourself have to feel a little more uh, ignorant than you did uh, before Trump and his circus uh, joined join this party. I mean, it just, it is, it's difficult to, to fathom, but for me, I never really questioned um, the constitution, or I never really questioned uh, the department of justice, or I never really questioned um, the courts, or I never really questioned legislators or senators or, or Republicans. I mean, I always had my doubts, but I never, Question their uh, commitment to their roles and responsibilities as elected officials. And this is really what the Republican MAGA cult party has brought to the forefront in 2024 is that they're unqualified, period. And that's what my argument is going to be this session is that they are trying to convince the American people, or anyone that will listen, is that Trump wasn't involved in an insurrection and that he was just performing his official acts um, throughout his presidency. Well, like I said before, the president has specific roles, he has specific responsibilities, just like you do at your job, right? So, for example, if you were, say, an accountant at your job, and then one day you came in and you decided to start working on the electrical system in the building that you work at, that's outside the scope and color of office of what your role and responsibility is at your job, J-O-B, okay? And that's what is the problem here is that the American people don't understand, or maybe you do, I I don't know, but I'm just kind of blanketing this, um, is that the president has a role and a responsibility, okay? And first and foremost, uh, he raises his right hand or she raises their right hand, hopefully we'll have a female soon as a president, Um, they raise their right hand and they swear an oath to protect. Support, defend the Constitution. Okay. Because the Constitution, once again, is the rule book. Just like in baseball, you have rules. Um, you don't go to a baseball field and start throwing around a football. Okay. Just like at your job, you don't go to your job as an accountant and you start rewiring the building's electrical system. That's not your role, that's not your responsibility just like it wasn't that fat asshole's role when he um, decided to betray his country. I don't know when he decided it. I don't know if it was in 2015, maybe 1990. Who knows when he decided to betray his country, but he decided early on to do so, okay? Very early. And, and, And I love the way people are now saying, oh, it's unprecedented and, and, oh, the, you know, we can't drag the country. No, no. This MAGA cult, Republican, grand old party, GOP MAGA cult, they need to be held responsible. And they need, to, they need to be held responsible at the highest level for what they, the stain that they brought on this country. And you've heard me talk about this before. I'm not going to make this theatrical or or emotional or whatever, because I'm, I'm way past that. This is, um, now we're getting into, once again, national security. This is a national security threat because you have a majority of the citizens who've been brainwashed by Fox News, Twatter, and Fuckbook. And who knows what these people are capable of doing? They're they're dangerous. and And when the constitution, mentions mentions uh, both foreign and domestic enemy this is what the founders were talking about okay and it's a serious problem uh, because it is okay so Trump's latest document I'm going to jump into that but it really is an argument for his immunity claim that the president has absolute immunity and I I read it. I didn't uh, take that much uh, care in the reading because, to be quite honest, it's a it's it's a well formatted document. And when I say formatted, I mean like the paragraphs and the sections and the table of contents that are all in good order. But as far as the comprehension and the uh, context, it is a difficult read and. You know, there's a lot of pundits and a lot of scholars and a lot of people that are out there in the media right now saying that um, it's not a very well, uh, uh, it's not a good argument. And I'm not saying this because Trump is a traitor and his attorneys are ambulance chasing criminal attorneys that are attorneys that are criminals. I'm saying that it's a. It's an argument that, one, makes no sense. Number two, it's filled with lies. And number three, the argument is lost on the first sentence of the argument. So I'm going to jump right into the first paragraph of the summary of argument. Um, So let's read it. President Trump has immunity from prosecution for his official acts. Period. And that's where they lose their argument. First of all, Trump's official acts were not to, number one, betray his company our country, and number two, um, to conspire to overthrow the peaceful transfer of power, not to mention to conspire with the Department of Justice and put patsies into place to continue the big lie and also the electors and the the lies that he mentioned through the entire presidency, being impeached twice, those were not his official acts. His official acts as president, I've already covered them, I'm not going to go over them again, but a majority of them did not involve him getting involved in an election that is not his responsibility. So on the argument's face, it plainly states that he, President Trump, has immunity from prosecution for his official acts. So his attorneys failed him in the very first sentence. And when they say that his argument lacks um, merit, it's because they don't know what he did or what his responsibilities are because they want you to believe that the president of the United States is a king and that he can do whatever he wants, but he isn't and never was and never will be. So it goes on to say, under our system of separated powers, the executive power is exclusively vested in the president. That's true. A president's official acts can never be examinable by courts, Marbury versus Madison. Once again, and an, a misstatement and an incorrect sentence. A president's official acts can never be examinable by the courts. The judicial branch cannot issue equitable relief directly against the president's official acts, including his power under the Take Care Clause, so also it cannot sit in criminal judgment over them. The Constitution's text, history, and policy support this conclusion. That's wrong. And a majority of this 30 some odd page document goes on, and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna jump into a few of the um, misstatements and incorrect references. Um, He's got a lot of citations, and it's unfortunate that he is citing the Federalist Papers, okay? And the Federalist Papers were, um, uh, they were citations for say uh, like Hamilton okay Hamilton um, being one of the founders they wrote papers that were um, you know kind of like notes I guess you would say to the Constitution but that doesn't mean that it's the Constitution okay that would be like I don't know let me think about what that would be like but it's not the Constitution it's a federal they they all they did was refer they referenced some of the Constitution but not all of it and and that is where their argument um, fails first of all if you're going to defend the president's um, actions um, and that they were his official acts while he was lying and cheating and conspiring and um, and conspiring because that's really what he did. Um, then you need to reference your argument based on the constitution's rules policies procedures amendments sections something but they all they do is reference the federalist papers one to be specific is the six is number federal papers 65 and i say that's a bunch of fucking bullshit because if they're going to make an argument saying that the constitution specifically states what Trump did were was his official X, then you need to put in there what it means and cite the Constitution, not Federalist Papers. And you can look at that document argument and that's all they do is reference the Federalist Papers. And then of course they reference some other, um, they cite some other um, Federalist Papers from different founders, but that is not the Constitution, okay? It's not. It would be like, you know, somebody arguing that a rule in baseball can be um, supported by one of the coach's notes. No, that it doesn't work like that. The rule book is the rule book, and the Constitution stands alone. It is the rule book. The Constitution doesn't say, Oh, you know, uh, Section 3, Amendment 1, Article 2, see the Federalist Papers. It doesn't say that. So I don't understand why Trump's fucking attorneys keep citing the Federalist Papers. So their argument is a bunch of bullshit, okay? So he's not immune for being a traitor, conspiring insurrection, and fomenting a rebellion. And I, and I'm going to get back to what I was talking about before people keep focusing on an insurrection because that's Trump's argument. He didn't foment an insurrection. Okay, if you didn't do that, you certainly um, fomented a rebellion. Okay, so if you read Article 3, Section 14, it says insurrection or O.R. Rebellion. So what is a rebellion? And it says, insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. The rebellion definition has multiple definitions. One of them is armed resistance. An act of armed resistance to a government. This can be an open, organized, and armed defiance of an established government. Trump knew that those people's, um, those insurrectionists that came to January 6th insurrection, they he knew that they had uh, weapons, he knew it. Why? Because the agencies that were put into place to protect him—Secret Service, Capitol Police—they, I mean, you could listen to the recordings. You know, we got people in the trees with AR-50, uh, AR-50s, or whatever they are. And and not like that, but they were beating the Capitol Police with whatever weapons they brought with them, or they were making weapons while they were there. Okay? So that is what you call an armed resistance. Now another definition of rebellion is opposition. And that means a defiance of or opposition to any kind of authority or control. This can include a refusal to accept some authority, code, or convention. Well, I would have to say that Trump's last year was nothing but an opposition because he was planning his betrayal of, um, his vested responsibility as the president by transferring power to the duly elected new president, Joe Biden. So that was a definite opposition. Did he, and then another definition of rebellion is change the government. What were we doing on January 6th? We've been doing it for 250 years. The peaceful transfer of power, which most people in the civilized world and democratic nations are always um, astounded that we stop our government and we make that transfer on January 6th from one group, one administration to the next administration. That is the beauty of January 6th, okay? And his effort and his insurrectionists were a opposition of changing the government or the leader of a country by the use of protest or violence. That is what you call a rebellion to change the government. And the last definition of a rebellion is replace goals when an individual replaces goals as well as means that are accepted by their society with goals as well as means that are not accepted by their society and that basically means that when trump goes out and says that he loves january 6 insurrectionists or the way he calls them hostages i would say that he's trying to replace our goals as a as a uh, as a constitutional government with his goals as a demagogue and a king. So the, the the amazing thing about this is that he checks each one of a definition of a rebellion. So when Trump makes his argument that he didn't incite an insurrection, well, you did, and in addition you also incited and conspired a rebellion (laughs) and you know the funny thing is is that when this was written in the constitution you know 100 plus years ago we didn't have email you know everything was you know on um the pony express people had to get on their horse or whatever and put it in a wagon and mail it right so it wasn't at the speed of sound and that is the beauty of what trump has done is that he has conspired an insurrection and rebellion at the speed of sound okay and he did it with twatter he did it with Fox news and he did it with fuckbook and he also did it with Signal. The application that he uses, um, I don't know if he still uses it, but used with his congressional allies still in Capitol Hill, um, secretly texting each other and emailing each other, talking to you, Scott Perry, and Mr. Johnson of Wisconsin, Uh, they did it on the back end. And, you know, it's funny because I was going through some of my videos, which I'm going to repost and put a link in, um, in this session, because it's a video that I created a year ago, a couple years ago, I think, you know, maybe a year ago, but it kind of lays out all of the evidence that was brought by the January 6th committee. Um, and I forgot, or I, uh, uh, willfully put in the back of my mind because I'm traumatized by it, uh, Jim Jordan. Um, Trump talked to Jim Jordan twice on January 6th. He called him five times. I thought it was six, but it was five. I, that is why I'm bringing it up because watching my video, it reminded me that Jim Jordan on the judiciary, the chairman of the judiciary, who is not a lawyer, Um, And he's the wrestler who, um, you know, just look it up. He's a wrestler, and he likes to watch wrestlers take showers, especially if they're young in college. Look it up. It's true. But he spoke with Jim Jordan and uh, a few senators and House of Republicans on January 6th. But the one phone call that Trump didn't make— was to um, Chairman Mark Milley uh, to stop the insurrection. And that is the main reason why Trump hates Mark Milley is because Mark Milley didn't sign on to his coup d'etat. See, Mark Milley was the soldier who was standing, um, who was standing in his way, okay? He was on watch. He saved this country and he, should have a medal. You know who should get a medal is Mark Milley, Mark, Chairman Mark Milley, um, the Joint Chief Chairman, uh, who newly retired. He should get a medal for 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 valor. Okay, that's what he should get him. He should get a Presidential Medal of Valor from current Joe Biden to remind this country who actually saved this country. But Trump and his um, traitorous allies, they want you to think that they're the bad people. It's diabolical. I mean, it really is. And um, so when you think about what Trump did on January 6th, it wasn't just an insurrection. It was also, or a rebellion against the same. And does he give aid and comfort to his enemy or to our, to the enemy? He certainly does. He does it on the daily. Okay, so let's get back into the document. The argument by um, Trump's attorney, sour. I saw him last time they were in court. He looks pretty sour. He's really ugly. He's got this spot on the side of his face. He sounds like Loro. They're little men. They're you know they're like five eight, real small. Um, not just figuratively, but small. Okay. And I I love the way people don't understand the um, the caliber of who's defending Trump, (laughs) because when you understand corporate or criminal law from a from a Big Ten law firm perspective, I mean, I've been in law my entire career. I mean, I've worked in. Some, some, most big 10 law firms as a consultant and, um, <laughs> have been involved in some serious cases throughout my career. I don't really want to talk about it, but, uh, I know a thing or two about attorneys. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for laughing, but, um, these guys are, you know, there's a saying, um, a, you know, cause you could be a intellectual property attorney, you could be a family attorney, you could be a, um, a criminal attorney, but an, a, criminal attorneys, unfortunately, are attorneys that are criminals. And I'm not saying that with fact, but I'm saying that right now, the person that they're defending is a criminal, and we don't need to be convinced of a conviction that Trump is a criminal, okay? <laughs> um, so let's get back into the document. So on page 23, the alleged, this is one of the sections, and it says, the alleged acts fall within the outer perimeter. So what they're basically saying is that what Trump was doing is his official acts uh, fall within the outer perimeter, because in the Constitution, it does say something about perimeter, you know, like, like I mentioned before in the last session, as a president, you know, they're shielded from some types of prosecution because, for example, anybody could sue a president for anything that um, happened during their administration. So, of course, you know, that is within the constitutional uh, parameter that a president has immunity. Um, Because the president does have some immunity and some of that is done within the perimeter um, of their official acts. Now, so this then brings you to the conclusion that if Trump was conspiring to betray his country and overturn the peaceful transfer of power as well as disenfranchise millions of voters, because he was trying to do that in Georgia. And that's why they're um, uh, Fonny Willis is bringing his big fat ass to court, okay, because he's going to go to jail, he's going to go to jail either in a federal penitentiary, or he's going to go to jail in Georgia, who knows where he's going, but he's going. And, and then his, um, criminal attorneys are saying that everything that he did, um, and that's why everything that he did was within the outer perimeter or within the, um, uh, within his acts of duty within the office, which is complete bullshit. Okay. So one of the paragraphs goes on to say the government's arguments to the contrary are unconvincing. Though the government concedes that the applicability of immunity requires an objective analysis, focusing on allegedly improper purpose of President Trump's actions. So, you know, like I said, they cite a lot of um, Federalist papers. They do cite some other cases, um, but they don't convince the argument that he was acting within the perimeter of what his responsibility of is as a president okay like i said if you're an accountant you don't go into work and start rewiring the electrical system at your office building that's not your job and the president is exactly the same the president has a specific responsibilities and that's why i was always saying that he's derelict of his duty because he is, you know, everything is an official order in the United States government. I don't care where you are or what you're doing. Everything is an order. Everything has to be an official act or an official order because that's how the fucking government works. But these fucking clowns want you to think that they're allowed to do whatever they want. And you can look no further than that piece of shit Mark Meadows who's currently re- applying for an appeal to get his case removed from Georgia because that fucker is going to jail in Georgia. And I cannot wait until the day that he goes to jail in Georgia and they uh, prison rape him because that's what he deserves. Okay, so moving on. So an important part of this document was Next, the government argues that President Trump's public statements and communications were supposedly knowingly false. The government's empty assertion is utterly false. President Trump was carrying out his duties as chief executive to investigate the overwhelming reports of widespread election fraud. Okay? So, see, they still want you to believe that Trump believed, and him, him only him, um, That there was election fraud okay so he's wrong like jack smith says he is wrong and stupid and ignorant and an idiot but on top of that um he continues that argument that he knew that there was election fraud well there's going to be a busload of witnesses the majority of them are republicans that are going to um testify Uh, the opposite. Okay, moving on. The government argues that the indictment alleges participation of private actors. On the contrary, the indictment alleges the overwhelming involvement of official staff and public officials with private actors playing only a very minor role. So I would go on a limb and say that this is somewhat of a confession because we all know that Trump and his congressional allies on Capitol Hill, um, and in the white house, um, were, uh, co-conspirators. And then he says that because that is what an official staff and public official, as well as private actors, they were only playing a minor role. Oh, really a minor role. So, um, what do you mean by a minor role and the government argues that the indictment alleges participation of private actors he's this argument is basically saying oh they weren't just private they were public as well as official um, I mean this is unbelievable okay so the document on page 24 goes on to say the impeachment judgment clause forecloses the prosecution the government Textual analysis commits the type of ahistorical literalism that is inappropriate for constitutional analysis. The negative inference is thus proper when the clause says, The party convicted shall nevertheless be liable and subject to prosecution. It means the party acquitted shall not be. Okay, so a large part of this argument is saying when Trump was impeached the second time, Congress acquitted it, okay? Because you remember, he was acquitted by his allies, Mitch McConnell and the rest of the MAGA cult that are in Congress, the senators, which he should never have been acquitted, but he was. And he's saying that the interpretation of legal text, according to Antonin Scalia, is that you can't, you know, that's his claim of double jeopardy. But the acquittal, as well as the impeachment, um, is not a conviction. So it's not a, a criminal conviction. It's more a political and an act of um, his party uh, giving him uh, a green light to move on. Uh, for whatever reason, who knows. But then he goes on to say that the clause does not speak to acquittal at all, is irrelevant. So what he's saying is that because the clause in um, the impeachment judgment clause uh, gives him um, carte blanche uh, of his um, immunity claim, I believe. It says does not speak to acquittal at all is irrelevant so he says the, the impeachment judgment clause it by implication prohibits other exceptions double jeopardy memo <clears throat> and that's part of his argument is saying well I was acquitted by Congress therefore you can't convict me of um, in his current trial of January 6th, the insurrection, which is completely bogus because he's not being tried for insurrection, he's being tried for betrayal, right? Um, He's not being tried for an insurrection, that's not the case against him. He's being tried for defrauding the United States of America and the government and betraying the Constitution, that's what he's being tried for. But see, in this argument, he wants you to believe that he didn't um, incite an insurrection, and that's his argument, and which is perfectly fine for your argument um, as it relates to uh, the double jeopardy. But that doesn't mean that you are um, innocent in the charges of uh, what Jack Smith is charging him of um, his betrayal and defrauding the United States. Because that really is what the main charge is here for the J6 trial. All this other stuff is just his immunity claim um, that he's appealing in different courts. And, and the Supreme Court will not hear it. And if they do, then, you know, the gloves are off. Because this is not a case that the Supreme Court should even um, weigh into. Because the Constitution stands alone. Their their role as a uh, Supreme Court is not to decide whether a president is immune from prosecution because he incited an insurrection or a rebellion. That's not his job. That's not their job. Okay? So, moving on. The next paragraph in the argument, uh, it says, In his description of impeachment, Hamilton thrice indicated that prosecution follows Senate conviction. So, per Hamilton, an acquittal means that prosecution cannot proceed. See, and that's where he's talking about, once again, the Federalist Papers. Who gives a fuck what Hamilton had to say in his Federalist Papers? That means nothing. What it says in the Constitution, 14th Amendment Section 3, is a result of the Federalist Papers and what they thought should be a yay or a nay in the Constitution. It doesn't—who cares? And it's Federalist Numbers 65, 69, and 77. An acquittal means a prosecution cannot proceed. He's basically saying that we should take into consideration what Hamilton was um, referencing in the Federalist Papers as what the Constitution means in the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. See, this is what I mean by this document is a bunch of nonsense. And this is written by Laurel and Singer, Blanche Law, and James Otis Law Group, who is D. John Sauer. Those are his attorneys. I don't know. I've worked with Big Ten law firms, all the big ones. I'm not going to mention them, but I've never heard of any of these. And it's funny that, you know, these law firms are from Tampa, Florida, and from New York, and from Missouri. I'm sorry, but uh, international Big Ten law firms that are real law firms that are reputable don't come from tampa florida and fucking st louis missouri that's where you have satellite offices of boutique firms that mean nothing they're ambulance chasers that's what they are so you know the reason that this document doesn't make any sense is because they're a bunch of ambulance chasing criminal attorneys and that's about as much as i'm going to cover with that argument document, because it it makes no sense. And that's their, their goal is to um, defend the indefensible, the traitor in chief, and and try to get the courts to, to believe their nonsense when they talk about uh, Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, and the Federalist Papers, which is not the Constitution. We don't run the United States of America based on the Federalist Papers, okay? We don't. And, okay, so this moves me into Alina Habba-Baba, or whatever her fucking name is. Um, That's Trump's lawyer, and she's a hoe, And she is on the latest... podcast, whatever, you know, Newsmax or Fox News or one of those. And she's referencing Alan Dershowitz. Okay. And she's saying, well, Alan Dershowitz said Alan Dershowitz, uh, Dershowitz is that infamous attorney who is, you know, one of Trump's um, main advocates. And he just got um, dinged for being on Jeffrey Epstein's list of dirty boys who like to get massages from teenage girls, okay? So Alina Habba can fuck off, number one, and she should. She is going to go down in history as one of the worst attorneys, um, and she's one of those, you know, boutique ambulance chasing criminal law firms that they get paid to make fools of themselves because she's not from a reputable law firm. Trust me. I know reputable law firms. She's not one of them. Okay, so, and this is the latest, and this just goes to show you how dirty Trump really is. And you know when Trump is lying is when his lips are moving. And they have a video of him talking about his involvement with Jeffrey Epstein. And Jeffrey Epstein, if you don't know who he is, he's the guy that um, um, had a Caribbean mansion, and he was a billionaire hedge fund guy and, you know, secret dark money. And he would set up um, massages, okay? That's a code word for they like to have sex with young girls. And he would um, make that connection between rich guys and young girls, right? Prince, you know, Prince Andrew and uh, Clinton. I love the way they try to make Bill Clinton the bad guy here. Okay, first of all, we know Bill Clinton likes getting his dick sucked. Who doesn't? Um, But that doesn't make him a, um, a president who was selling nuclear secrets to our adversaries. Okay. So you, they could, you know, all these media outlets are trying to, you know, it's the tail that wags the dog. Look over here. Bill Clinton is the bad guy. While, while Donald Trump is on video groping young girls and he does it all the time. And then there is a video out there and, and uh, the list just came out and his name is on there on page 78, seven times. And, Trump was and There's a record, it's called a jet log. Um, and he was, um, on that list. Apparently, a 14 year old girl was being driven, um, to you know, that Jelaine, Jelaine Maxwell, that woman that's in jail. She was Jeffrey Epstein's, uh, um, madam. You know, she was the she was like a pimp. I mean, she would get these young girls and, um, she would then hook him up and, and apparently, um, she was driving a 14 year old girl tomorrow Lardo, um, to, um, to meet Trump. And that's on the record that's in video and it's on record. So you want to know why Trump is out there? And he said that, um, he is on record saying, Oh, I don't know her. And I wish her the best talking about Maxwell, that woman that's in jail, the, the madam, the pimp. And of course, if Trump is saying he doesn't know her, of course he knows her. That's, that's what he does. He just denies everything. So he, you know, and then they got him on record saying, if women are deeply troubled, they're the best in bed. And why would Bill Barr, um, and this is going to get me into my next topic. So uh, Trump, on the latest video, and I just saw it on the Midas Touch Network, and he they have video, and they're asking Trump, do you know Jeffrey Epstein? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, he lives in Palm Beach. I, I know him because he lives in Palm Beach. All the while, Trump being on record, flying on his private jet, going to the Caribbean island, Epstein and Maxwell, getting a 14-year-old and driving her to Mar-a-Lardo probably for um, Trump's uh, afternoon meal, okay? So, and then it goes on to say that that Bill Barr, because they asked Trump, Donald Trump, the 45th president, why does Bill Barr know how Jeffrey Epstein died? And then Trump, goes on to say um, that whatever Bill Barr knew, um, it's not Trump's problem. And then he goes on to basically say that Bill Barr was too afraid to be indicted. And then Tucker Carlson, you know, their videos are just coming out. And, and then they have Tucker Carlson saying that Jeffrey Epstein didn't commit suicide, that Ch- Jeffrey Epstein was murdered. And how was he murdered? Okay, okay. Why would he be murdered? Well, he was murdered because he died in his prison cell. You know, they said he committed suicide, but the autopsy basically said, you know, this guy was strangled and he didn't die from suicide. Somebody killed him. So for some reason, Trump brought Bill Barr into it. And now he's implicated Bill Barr and kind of insinuating that Bill Barr kind of knows what happened with Jeffrey Epstein. So that makes you think well why is Jack Smith in his um in his motions mentioning that Trump if he was given immunity he would have immunity to order a hit. You know so th- this is all very suspect. And the latest and I'm going to end with this cuz I've been going on for some time Trump is on video basically saying that they're waiting, um, to hear from him. And now that they realized I'm hot for some reason, he says that he's hot, like he's a hot topic because his name came out in Jeffrey Epstein's dirty list. Um, which is unbelievable. So, and that's on page 78 of the latest list of Jeffrey Epstein, um, pimp list of all the dirty billionaires and um, guys that were hiring prostitutes, because that's really what they were. They were saying, oh, they're getting massages. They're not getting massages. They're fucking dirty fucking um, whores and pimps. That's what they are. Okay, so the reason that I want to jump on this session is because Trump's argument is he didn't commit an insurrection. And I'm saying, well, he's missing a, uh, an important part of that Section 3, 14th Amendment. It says, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same. So he can say, I didn't cause an insurrection or conspire in an insurrection. Well, you did um, foment a rebellion. And I'm going to leave it with that. Um, Everyone have a great day, and um, let's chat soon, everyone. Bye-bye.